Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Welcome to another edition of uh, the most famous podcast that I know of, uh, General Conference Review. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Beamer, and with me tonight is my good friend, uh, I almost said bosom buddy, but I don't know if that's what I wanted to say. Uh, Todd Bruce. How's it going, Todd? Uh, I'm feeling like a bosom buddy, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, and I just checked uh, Google and we're the third uh, uh, most listened to uh, Latter-day Saint podcast in southeastern British Columbia. <laughs> uh, the problem is we're the only one there. <laughs> but, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's pretty good. I don't even know what that means, but we'll take it. No, no, I didn't look anything up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, it's uh, it's it's quite funny. We were just talking offline about uh, Kevin and I have been doing this for a couple of years now, and and uh, more and more, a couple more people from the stake are are recognizing us or or found us and are like, "Hey, you guys, you guys do a podcast?" And we're like, "Yeah, it's, you know, kind of. Yeah, not kind of. We do do a podcast." <laughs> But it's uh, it's more for us, and it's more for whoever benefits from it benefits from it. And they're and they're like, it's it's pretty awesome. We we listen to I listen to a couple episodes, and I, you know I don't expect people to listen to all of them, or you know, they yeah. get what they get out of it, right? And that's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate anyone who's listening, but we definitely are the ones who are gaining the most from this. It's a great opportunity to grow spiritually and strive to continue to become better. And uh, that's how it should be, because anyone listening should be reviewing these talks for themselves so that they can gain uh, a testimony of those topics themselves and gain those insights and be in- intentional with their studies. Right. Right. Kevin? I love your right. Boom. Intentional. Let's get it out of the way. I said it. First. Get that I, up. I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to track one day how many times we say that in a podcast. Uh <laughs> So today's talk that we're going to go through is by President Henry B. Eyring, the second counselor in the first presidency, called Our Constant Companion, and he's talking about the Holy Ghost. And the actual possibility to have it with you regularly, which is something we sometimes don't think is possible. He gives some great examples that we're going to get into, Uh, but yeah, it's good. So without further ado... Go ahead, take us away, Todd. It's good, and I appreciated this. I really enjoyed the talk uh, when I listened to it live, and I remember thinking to myself, and I've had this thought before, that the Holy Ghost is really 
uh, an overlooked member of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because we so focus so heavily on God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, and, and you know, we forget the Holy Ghost is in that trio as well. He, he's, clear, he's, he's a whole membership of, member of the Godhead. He's not a partial member. He's not a whatever. And we can have him with us always. And he helps testify of Christ and he helps lead us to truth and lead us to, you know, we can, we can, it's such a critical aspect and we're going to get into it. Uh, there's a famous quote from the prophet that he shares like immediately. Um, but he, he starts here. He goes, as we pray and then heed the spirit's promptings, we gain greater insights and blessings to guide us through the increasingly difficult days ahead. We have heard again, president Russell M. Nelson's warning that quote, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost, unquote. That prophetic warning has led me to ponder what I might teach my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren about how to have that crucial guidance in the difficult days ahead for them. And I could not love that more uh, because a lot of what I try to do uh, with podcasts and with posting on, on social media and like having a presence and trying to uplift and do the things is so that my kids can have, they, they know where I stand and they'll know where I stood and, and there'll be no misunderstanding or miscommunication about, about my standards and about what, what, uh, what, what Todd Bruce believes in. And it's for when they're children and when they're adults, I want this stuff for the rest of eternity to be on the internet so that they know that this is where I stand. Not that the internet's eternal by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I, we're, I think we're understanding what you're saying. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So he, he just says, this is for, you know, my, my children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. If anybody else wants to listen, great, but this is, yeah. Uh, and uh, then adds, I have come to better understand what it will take for them to have the constant influence of the Holy Ghost in the days which they will live. And then he gets into the rest of the talk. It's like, it's going to be tough. Here's what you need yeah. to Well, and I, I really appreciate this because uh, I've, uh, you and I have talked before, my oldest daughter went away to university this past fall and how all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've got to impart more wisdom. Yeah. And I've got things I want to make sure that my children know that I've written down, that I've done things. And so I do appreciate that this is a normal aspect of life that we have times when we're just like, oh, I want to make sure it's 100% clear that people know my feelings of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I've got some, in this case, President Iring's got some knowledge about how to listen to and follow the Holy Ghost. So he's like, I want to share that. I want it to be known. I do really appreciate the first part that you read, though, where it said, as we pray and then heed the Spirit's promptings that we gain greater insights yeah. and blessings. And I'm going to give a weird example. I may have given it before. I'm getting old, so I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I've been an Elders Corps president for my ward for just about a year and a half, not quite two years. And last Christmas, I had some promptings that I needed to do something. And it was really simple promptings. It was that I needed to cook a whole bunch of sugar cookies, decorate said sugar cookies, and then drop them off to people. Not with any spiritual lesson or anything, but just, to, hey, thinking of you, you're loved, here's some cookies. Uh, 
very clear prompting. So I cooked a whole bunch of sugar cookies, a whole bunch. And then I asked my kids if they wanted to decorate sugar cookies with me. And we couldn't figure out a time that worked. And I eventually talked myself out of this being like, I don't want to bet, you know, interrupt people around the Christmas holidays. I don't want to put people out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happened is weeks and weeks later, I threw out a whole bunch of sugar cookies that had gone bad. <laughs> uh, but then that also sets me back because I had that clear prompting. And when I didn't follow that, uh, you, you lose some of that insight, which is a really interesting thing. As we do follow promptings and we build upon that, it is easier to follow more promptings and understand when you're being prompted. I've noticed that in my life. So guess what happened when I had another prompting <laughs> uh, recently? I followed through and I was surprised at how effective that was. I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was still surprised. So I'm, you know, I'm grateful for this daily repentance that we get to do where it's like, Hey, Kevin, I gave you a clear prompting and you decided not to, uh, because of your insecurities, but there's always an opportunity to repent. <laughs> yeah. Get multiple, uh, do overs. And while we never get that initial opportunity, uh, necessarily the exact same way, uh, we get other, other try other efforts and other tries and other whatever, right? That's the wonderful part of the, about the gospel. And one wonderful part about the plan of salvation is we can get to try and try again and, and really, you know, try and be the people we know we can be and be better. And when we fall short we get up and try again. So, well, this continues on and I'm going to read a little bit later. He talks about the sons of Helaman talking about Nephi and Lehi and how they faced fierce opposition. And then he reads from the scriptures and he says, and in the 70, 70 and ninth year, there began to be much strife. Uh, this sounds like our times, yeah. but it came to pass that Nephi and Lehi and many of their brethren who knew concerning the true points of doctrine, having many revelations daily, therefore they did preach unto the people in so much that they did put an end to their strife in that same year. This account encourages me, President Iron continues, and it could encourage you. Helaman's sons were taught and guided by a series of experiences with the Holy Ghost. This assures me that we can be taught by and learn from the Spirit, line upon line, receiving what we need, and then when we are ready, we will receive more. So this, to me, is beautiful, and it's wonderful. Uh, the quote itself is from Helaman chapter 11, verse 23, but it proves exactly President Nelson's quote that you quoted earlier, that it's not possible to survive without this spirit of the Holy Ghost with us, where the world was in strife for Nephi and Lehi, but they put in the work. They ended up having revelations. They built upon those revelations. They kept following the spirit, and they were able to end that strife. To me, that's I don't know, mind-blowing. I think I use that term a lot. <laughs> so my mind's always being blown. <laughs> uh, but these practical applications that, yes, you can feel the Spirit, you can get revelation, and it can make a difference. Well, and uh, and, and he, he he shares another example here of, of Nephi. Mm -hmm. 
best thing is is uh, in my in my household we just started reading the Book of Mormon again just like a couple weeks ago. We read like I don't know thirty five fourteen or fifteen last night, and uh, and it was it was about uh, Nephi receiving the revelation that his father had, and then this is this chapter was about sharing with Laman Emmanuel, and he basically says like Have you not have you thought not thought to ask of, of God? And uh, you know, like taking that extra step. What what was the line we read earlier? Um, as we pray and then heed the Spirit's promptings. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we want to know, want to have greater information or greater inspiration. Well, we need to put in the work and we need to pray and we need to invite the Spirit into our life. Um, the the Scripture reminds me of the Scripture you read there in Helaman. Uh, reminds me of one in Third Nephi that I've been kind of focused on a bit um, reading. You know, the invitation from uh, President Nelson from last conference about reading Third Nephi. This is the one I keep coming back to. Uh, it's Third Nephi 6, 14. And it says, And thus there began, became a great inequality in all the land, insomuch that the church began to be broken up. Yea, insomuch that in the 30th year the church was broken up in all the land, save it were among a few of the Lamanites who were converted unto the true faith, and they would not depart from it. For they were firm and steadfast and immovable willing with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. Now, it doesn't say anything about the Holy Ghost in there. However, they were converted to the true faith. That doesn't happen without the, the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. They did the work. They made sure they were where they were and they knew where they were, and then they stayed there. And, uh, you know, and, and if, if you look at Third Nephi as a comparison to our day, man, the, um, there's no shortage of of issues or things that kind of crop up that you can see people that were you know rock solid in the gospel that are now talking like they're 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 questioning things about the gospel and it's like where where did that come from or where did you know why why would you start disagreeing with the prophet all of a sudden just because he or why would you disagree with the church about this or the you know why when did that become an issue and, and it's all because some little thing somewhere was became a wedge in their life and I'm sure that's the same thing that happened to the Nephites and the Lamanites in the in uh, what 30 AD, and uh, you know, started to cause some problems for them. But um, you know, if as we invite the Spirit into our life and as we hold true and are firm and steadfast and immovable, we can we can be where we need to be when when the tough gets going. But we can discern, and I think that's one of the problems too. Like in this day and age. Um, in all days and age, because we just found out they were having the same struggles thousands of years ago. <laughs> uh, the world's in strife. There's problems. When we have the spirit with us, it helps us to take stock of our life and be like, what am I doing? Or where am I falling short? And it's, this isn't a, where am I falling short? I need to beat up myself about it. And I'm this terrible person. It's a, what can I work on? to be closer to my father in heaven? What can I work on to feel the Holy Ghost stronger? And when we go through that step, it helps us with discernment. It helps us to uh, turn to our father in heaven and our savior, Jesus Christ, where real peace and healing comes from rather than, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Look at yourselves. It reminds me of, we had elder Homer at our state conference uh, David P. Homer, and he he talked a lot about because we just had a new stake presidency called. Don't worry, uh, Kevin and I both managed. 
Uh, although Kevin got some attention because he did some reading in one of the lessons, cracked a good joke, and, the, and Elder Homer has like, die on that guy. Um, but anyway, Kevin was cracking us up. He uh, he shared Moses' time and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness and the transition of, of priesthood authority from Moses to Joshua. And he talked a lot about how Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness trying to get the Israelites to recognize the face of God or the hand of God in their and uh, and that's basically all Russell M. Nelson is trying to get us to do now is is recognize mm -hmm. Christ, recognize the Holy Spirit, live with the Holy Spirit, and be one with the Holy Spirit, and do the things He asks us to do. And, uh, anyway, it was a great state conference, great uh, great time. So um, I appreciated it. But uh, back to the talk, he jumps back. He's, he he talks about uh, Nephi and how Nephi. The, the the first Nephi actually they not the not Nephi and Lehi, but uh, Nephi going back to Jerusalem to get the plates. He says I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded, and uh, and he just he went and got the plates. Had the had the experiences with Laban, uh, grabs Zoram not grabs Zoram but had Zoram come and join him, and uh, and he he says this he goes he goes on to say quote I and I was led by the Spirit not knowing beforehand the things which I should do unquote, and. Uh, President Eyring says, I have been encouraged by knowing that Nephi was guided by the Spirit minute by minute through the night on the Lord's errand. And we can exercise that kind of faith. We can go and do, not knowing beforehand the things which we should do, and just go and do and see what good comes of it or what comes of it. I'm confident more good will come of it than, than anything else. Uh, even if it doesn't come out of it right away, good will come of our exercising faith and following the Holy Spirit. And we do know that we've been taught that we're supposed to take that first step and we're supposed to move forward. Even sometimes when we're, we yeah, uh, are unsure. And this reminds me of, as you were speaking about Elder Homer talking about Joshua, where he brought up Joshua and how Moses had prepared the people that he'd brought them through the part of the sea, brought them, they wandered a whole lot, lot and then Joshua was called as a prophet to bring the people home. Yeah. And they get to the River Jordan, and they have to pack everything up, and then they've got some priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and Joshua's told, have them go stand in the middle of this river. The raging river. Yeah. And so they do. And it's Joshua chapter 3, verse 17 is where, uh, just at the very end, and it says, And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And one of the things I like about that is uh, there was faith that had to be enacted, like we're going to pack up, we're ready to go, we're gonna, and then we're actually going to go through with this. I think I've received revelation. I'm going to act on this. Okay, now that I've done it, I've, I've received that witness that, yes, that was revelation. It worked out. But I also love that how the Spirit speaks to us is very intimate. And how the Spirit spoke to these people, the people of Moses, the children of Israel, was saying that uh, Joshua is also a prophet. And I'm going to sh show how I showed you that Moses was when he split the Red Seas. I'm going to show you that Joshua can do it. He doesn't do it the same way, 
He doesn't do it the same way, but it was a way for them to understand that this is a prophet of God because it was similar. Yeah. Uh, and I, th I think that's beautiful because sometimes uh, we know that when we say what is the feeling of the Holy Ghost, that's confusing to a lot of people. Uh, you were speaking a little bit, you know, sometimes you're like, have you felt the spirit to members? Uh, and it's hard for some people to be like, well, have I felt the spirit? Or do I remember if I felt the spirit? What does that look like? And it's very intimate and personal. Our Father in Heaven, through the Holy Ghost, speaks to us in ways that we will understand. And I love that. I think that's so important that that's true, that we are spoken to in things that we will understand. Yeah, in a way that we that we can we can get it. Um, I, I've had countless people in the office being like, I just don't know if I've ever really felt the Spirit. And, and I have to remind them, like, well, there's different ways to feel the Spirit. Some people describe it this way, and some people describe it that way. And other people, like, cry the second they get up. Mm -hmm. Because they're feeling the spirit so strong, and you know, like all these things, right? Just because you're not crying doesn't mean you're not feeling the spirit. And, and yeah, I've had people that had one youth that went to FSY, and before he went to FSY, he really was like concerned because he had never felt the spirit. And when he got back from FSY, he was telling me about all the cool experiences he had and all the amazing things. And, and I said, Okay, I have a question, one question for you. Have you did you feel the spirit? And, oh, yeah, I did. And I said, Okay. Now, now, I would recommend you write down what it feels like so that you can re go back and read that, mm -hmm. remind yourself how the Spirit speaks to you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just critical. It's, it's so important. But it's he speaks to us all a little bit different. It's not wrong. It's just what works for us. It's how, how, how we're wired. Well, and, and sometimes, too, right, we know we find in Galatians 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And then it continues in 23, meekness and temperance. And so those are all an op option. <laughs> and those are all very different feelings. So it's important for us to figure out how the Spirit comes to us. Because it's an intimate thing. Which brings me on to the next per uh, thing I wanted to highlight where he talks about the sacrament. And President Iring says, it is important to remember the sure promise we receive each week as we repent and partake of the sacrament, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. If you have felt the influence of the Holy Ghost today, you may take it as a sweet evidence that the atonement is working in your life. So this brings me to one week. I've talked about this a little bit before on our podcast is that we've got to put a little bit more effort into the sacrament, that living ordinance. It's more important than we usually give it credit for. There's something special that can come from that. And for struggling, feeling the spirit, I would suggest maybe we are intentional in our sacrament preparation and intentional when we're partaking of the sacrament and intentional as we're going through things in this daily repentance. But I also do really enjoy that he points out, he's like, if you felt it a little bit, the Holy Ghost, something's going okay. Yeah. You might not be perfect. You might have some other stuff that you've still got to work on, but you felt it a little bit. The atonement is working. It might not be working as fast as you'd like it, but it's working. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> 
and that's that's a conversation I end up I've had more than once about uh, feeling the spirit and how do I know when I've been forgiven and, and that's the answer. If you can feel the spirit in your life, if you felt the spirit in your life since some something had happened or since you repented, then you could take it as evidence at the moment as well. Um, and I and I love it and it does you know there's going to be times when we feel this spirit. Uh, he talks he has a Jeffrey R. Holland quote here. Um, you know, just know that God has not abandoned us. At no point will God abandon us, even if we do make mistakes. And and, and this part, like, this is President Iron. He's a member of the First Presidency, and he adds, I feel distant from the Lord when answers to my prayers seem delayed. I have learned to follow the counsel of President Nelson to review my life for opportunities to repent. He reminds us, quote, daily repentance is the pathway to purity, and purity brings power, unquote. And this is something we talked about a great deal at state conference was uh, sanctification. Mm. The needs to sanctify ourselves and and review our lives for opportunities to for improvement and for things that we need to cut out of our life or start doing. And uh, and that constant self reflection is important. It helps us to be who we need to be and and become the people we need to become. Uh, and he adds, if you find yourself having difficulty in feeling the Holy Ghost, you might ponder whether there is anything for which you might repent and receive forgiveness. And um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Kevin, but it reminds me of Elder J. Devin Cornish. He came to state conference, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I would say. But he, uh, he shared a talk or a story about how he was a state president. He was in a membership council. Uh, he had to go and pray and receive revelation for the results or what was going to come out of this membership council. He was a state president. It was kind of, it was on him, right? And uh, and he was struggling. He couldn't receive anything, any inspiration, any revelation, any in either direction. And it was quite some time before he remembered or realized that he had some things he still needed to work out in, in his own life. And he needed to seek repentance for that. And so he spent a great deal of time on his knees uh, praying to repent. And it was quite quite some time. And eventually, he felt like he had gotten to a point where he had said everything he could say. He put he, he put his soul, bare his soul to the Lord. And then he talked about the membership council and he received all the revelation inspiration he needed. And he said he walked out of there and it was like 90 minutes or two hours later. And everybody is still kind of waiting and milling about, waiting for the state president to kind of sort things out. And they wondered what took so long. But he goes, yeah, I had to make myself right before the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, it happens to the best of us. And uh, sometimes we just need to, to to take a minute and and make uh, first things first to make sure that we're, our, our position before the Lord is where it needs to be. Uh, yeah, I've got thoughts on that. Similar experience. Uh, we, like you said, this past weekend, we had a stake conference where our stake presidency was reorganized because they've been in doing it for nine years. And it was just time for uh, that to happen. So they'd been given a letter beforehand. This is happening. So we knew months in advance that our stake presidency was going to get, re get reorganized. So I've got some friends uh, like Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anytime they've done something good lately, or I'm like, oh, that's 
Christ-like, I'd be like, well, that's good stake presidency material. <laughs> and I thought it was sort of funny, uh, highlighting, you know, you'd be a great stake president, not not to mock them, but because also it's like, there's, I'm not, in, I don't want to do that. That's, that's a lot of responsibility. That's a hard thing. Yeah. Now, we, how stake presidencies work is they usually interview the bishops of the stake, they interview high council members, and then they'll interview a couple other people that they're prompted to, uh, maybe some previous bishops that were released recently. And I was feeling pretty confident about myself because I don't fit any of those categories. And I'm like, phew, I don't have to deal with this. After it goes through, a couple of my buddies were called into the stake presidency, and I was like, oh man, I feel terrible that they've got to deal with these new responsibilities. And then I had a, an awakening in my soul that I needed to have a desire to actually be available to the Lord to help. So if by some crazy miracle, they would have said, hey, we need to specially interview Kevin Beamer because we're feeling it and I was cold as that into it, I would have done it and all those things. But I realized that my heart wasn't at a place where I'd be like, I've made the choices to make myself ready for this. So all, immediately, as this is going on, coming out of this state conference, I'm like, well, what are the things that I need to do so that my father in heaven can count on me to not just do something because I'm forced, uh, I have no desire to ever be a stake president. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I should, whether I want to be that or not, I should be at a point spiritually where my father in heaven can say, Kevin Beamer's reliable. He'll be able to feel the spirit and direct whatever calling he's in. And he is available if I need him. And that was a wake up call for me, that sort of thing. What can I ponder on work on so that I can get to that point not to be a stake president, not to be a stake president. I just want to clarify again, but to be someone that the Lord can rely on. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I can't, couldn't agree more. We were joking around uh, as we, I think they were about 45 minutes late in their interview process. So a lot of us showed up for our interviews and there's a bunch of us waiting because they booked appointments every five minutes and they're 45 minutes late. So there's like, you know, nine us all kind of sitting around staring at each other and being like who's who's it gonna be and uh you start recognizing people that like aren't on the normal list and you're like oh, oh and they brought their wife they're already there and uh some some of the guys were joking they were gonna show up and uh you know put, uh, 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 wrap up some like toilet paper tissue paper and to make it look like uh like, like weed and put it tuck it in their ear another guy was joking that he was because in canada pot's legal whatever but it's still against the word of wisdom. And then another guy was joking that he was, wasn't going to wear a shirt, a suit jacket and a, and a tut necktie and pants and a little undershirt. Um, but they did. Everyone showed up respectfully. They, they interviewed, they did the things. And I, and I, uh, uh, and I had my interview and, and the guys were teasing me that it was the, the longest interview of the batch. And I said, well, they only asked me about you. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I think that what they made the mistake of asking me a question and then I just talked for five minutes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I uh, on Monday morning, I, I sent Elder Homer a quick message. Elder Homer, Homer, and Elder Coombs just saying thanks for coming. It was wonderful to see you. And I let them know that, like, man, even up up to a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of stressing a little bit about this interview process, that what, what it was going to be, and you know whether or not that I was up to snuff to be who I needed to be to in case the Lord wanted wanted to call me into this kind of position. And I said, then I went to the temple and the, the inspiration I got there was that it was going to be okay. It didn't like, don't stress out about it, whether you get called or whether you don't get called, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And then I was fine. I had no issue in, in the days and weeks uh, coming and, and had no more you know, stress about it. And I had a good interview. And, uh, and anyway, so when I wrote him an email and just saying, you know, thanks for, for coming. It was great to meet you, whatever. And he goes, um, you know, it was nice meeting you too. And I just want you to let you know, just, you know, just the fact that you showed up for your interview and the fact that you were willing to accept the call if you were called speaks volumes about who you are as a person. And I was like, oh man, that, like, that made me feel, feel, feel pretty good in that, you know, first off, I didn't get called to be state president. And secondly, <laughs> I'm willing to, if, if that came down the pipeline and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it's it's a hard thing to serve, and it's a hard thing to be in a leadership position because you you get to make the decisions and and fo- try do your best to follow the spirit and follow uh, what 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 the Lord would have you do. But um, you know, people are looking at you all the time for all the answers, so it's it it can be tough. So I wouldn't recommend anybody seek after uh, any any of these positions. But uh, I would also encourage, like you were saying, to get yourself to a position where you'd be willing to do it if you're asked. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and to me, sorry, Todd, for jumping in, is part of the willingness is to being at a good place to do it, yeah. right? Because most of us, not well, most of us are usually willing. Yeah, we'll do what the Lord wants. But there's a difference between being at a point where you can hit the ground running, and a point where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to need a couple months to get <laughs> to polish everything up and get ready again. Yeah. Spencer Kimball, who was called as an apostle, and he said he wasn't, I'm not up to, I'm not apostle material. And the, the inspiration he got from from the Holy Ghost was, you must make yourself worthy. You mm-hmm. must make yourself up to this standard. And then he goes, okay, I guess I got to figure it out. And, you know, I think that we hold all these positions up to a certain level when we don't really have to. Everyone is just, mm-hmm. when they're just trying their best. Yeah. And it goes into this next little paragraph. I'm going to steal this first line from you. Uh, and he goes, the key for me, this is Elder Hire, or President Hiring talking, the key for me and for you is to want what the Savior wants. Our motives need to be driven by the pure love of Christ. Our prayers need to be, quote, all I want is what you want. Thy will be done, unquote. And if we can get to that point, it ain't, it's not going to matter if we're, if we're a state president or a nursery leader. We're just serving where the Lord ha- wants us to serve and and helping and impacting the people that we can impact and uh, and making a difference. Well, then President Arring sort of continues with how he's able to overcome when he's a little bit down or feeling distant from the spirit. And he says, I try to remember the Savior's sacrifice and his love for me. Then when I pray to Heavenly Father to give thanks, I feel love and assurance that my prayers are heard and that I will receive whatever is best for me and I, those I love. It strengthens my testimony. So once again, that love that our Savior does have for us and that beautiful, everlasting, infinite atonement, uh, when we take the time to ponder it, 
it really can help us focus as well, which is a great thing to do while you're taking the sacrament. <laughs> yeah, and ponder on the Savior sacrifice. Read the, the sacrament uh, prayers. You know, review Third Nephi and review, you know, the New Testament where he, that sacrifice is being made. Man, you can have, there's fewer more powerful experiences than 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 really contemplating Christ during a, a sacrament and having the Spirit to be present. Definitely, yeah. I'm going to steal the next one that you're going to read. Then this is okay. how we're doing it. Uh, he goes on to say, "The Holy Ghost is being sent to the faithful covenant members of the Church of Jesus Christ. Now your experiences will be unique." And the Spirit will guide in the way best suited to your faith and capacity to receive revelation for you and for those you love and serve. I love that line. It goes into the earlier example I was sharing about Joshua and how he parted the creek or the raging river, which was similar to what Moses did, but a little bit different. And it is unique for us. And it's important for us to figure out how that comes through and where that is. I'm often surprised. I'm going to give another a real life example. That's something that happened to me today. I, uh, two of them off for young women's. Uh, we dropped them off, and then I have a younger daughter who's not quite young women's age, and she's came for the drive with me, and it was just the two of us, and uh, she wanted to go look around stuff. So we went to a couple stores just for something to do, and then she wanted to get a treat. And there was a dollar store near where we were and sort of felt that, no, let's go to this other one. Let's go to Dollar Tree, which everything's like a buck 50. So it's a great buy. <laughs> now, when we were at Dollar Tree, two things happened that I wouldn't have thought of. But I'm glad that my father in heaven planted that little bit, that little bit of Holy Ghost prompting in my heart and my daughter's heart. And then I was willing to accept it because my first thought was, you don't need a snack, you little stinking kid. Uh, yeah. Let's just go home. You don't need a treat every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I, I was humbled myself, uh, not for the snack. And you don't have to get your kid a snack. That's that's mm -hmm. not what this is about. Not the point. <laughs> yeah. But I humbled myself and was open to, well, what's going on here? So we go and we'd forgotten it's our daughter's birthday tomorrow. And we usually decorate the door with balloons and stuff. And we'd forgotten to do that. So I went to the place that we usually get that stuff from without realizing that that needed to be done. So I text my wife, Mike, did we get this yet? No. Okay, done. And then uh, my daughter wants to roam around the store. We go to pay for everything. And while she's deciding which balloons to get, there's a, a man who goes through who's having a tough go of life and his card's not working so he can't pay for his six dollars worth of stuff and he doesn't ask anyone and he just goes to leave and he said i'll try to come back before you close and as he was going by he walked past me and i said hold on hold on uh sir what's going on here and i said i'll cover your six dollars i'll cover your six dollars so i covered the six dollars it's nothing like six dollars meant nothing to me uh, but the gratefulness that this man portrayed to me had an immense impact on me to be able to feel the love that my father in heaven has for each individual child. 
of his mm-hmm. that I was able to help show that love of God. But I didn't go out of my way. It was six bucks. We probably would have bought another couple of treats anyways and wasted that. But yeah. to see that love in action that my father in heaven said, I've got someone that's going to be down on his luck. He's having a tough day. He's going to go pay for this little snack that he wanted. It's not going to go through. His card's not going to go through. But I care about him enough that if you listen, Kevin, I'm going to provide a way for him to have this little tiny snack. And we'd be like, well, it's six bucks. It's nothing. You're help but, out, yeah. but it's the little things. That's that's life. And so that unique experience for me is like, oh, I was prompted to go there. And once again, I'm not trying to say I'm some amazing person. That's not what this discussion is. It's that this unique feeling, this unique revelation to help someone else to love and to serve. And I'm so appreciative of that opportunity today. Yeah. And you had, you had, you were in the right position and you were willing, right? It's not about, um, it's not about glorifying yourself or glorifying anybody else, but Heavenly Father put you into that position and then, and then, you know, helped you to recognize that need um it reminds me of the i named my canoe i bought a canoe and i refurbished it a bit and and named it uh hashtag do good recklessly and it's about (laughs) and it's about just helping people don't worry about what you know like the consequences or don't worry about like and you know you you give them 20 bucks on the street and what are they going to spend with that with that don't worry about that stuff. Like, don't worry about people that might be scamming you to get groceries. It's like, if they're scamming me for baby formula and, and a pack of carrots, then you can have it like, or whatever. Right. Yeah. If for $6 at the dollar store, then, then that's fine. Like it's about, it's about being kind. It's about being considerate. It's recognizing the need and then just doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. I'm glad that you had that experience and that Cordy was there with you. To, yeah. To- it was lovely. Witness some little thing. It reminds me of your dad just chatting with him this weekend, hearing some of the stories he was telling me and some of the stories you've told me, and just how mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities to teach and so many opportunities to be found doing what the Lord would have us do. Uh, you know, and and you know that might be a little thing for you. Six bucks is what, uh, uh, but it might, might have meant the world to the individual, and it might be a story that Corey remember and think back and be telling her friends and 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 yeah. kids and whatever about my dad did this one thing this one time and and mm-hmm. then, oh, anyway it's just just a neat experience it's a wonderful part about uh plan of salvation feeling that spirit uh he wraps up he shares his testimony he it quite a testimony he shares most testimonies in general conference are maybe a paragraph and he goes for uh for two or three here uh and, you know it'll really uh, to that point uh it felt like a, a regular talk to me uh, but once he started bearing his testimony, I, I really started to think, oh, I wonder how long President Iron will be with us. And that's what I thought. And then come to find out a few short a few short weeks later that his wife had passed away. So I think that that, that might that may have factored into it. Um, you know, the whole first presidency is in their 90s now. But um, he, just one part of his testimony, his whole testimony is wonderful. But this one part, he goes, you and I have the opportunity to have the Holy Ghost as our constant companion. And to have those truths confirmed as we remember and love the Savior, repent and ask for his love in our hearts. Um, you know, and I think that's what it's about as we strive, as we try to do the things, as we remember and love the Savior and try to be a little better every day. 
uh, we can have the Holy Ghost be with us, and there's nothing that we can't do. Uh, there's nothing that we can't be and become, and there's nothing that we can't, um, nobody that we can't help. You know, we can just, we can do some wonderfully miraculous things in our life if we just got out of our own way and allowed the Spirit to be manifest in our life. And, and I and I know that that's true in my own life, and I and I and I felt it through your testimony, Kevin, and I know it uh, to be true uh, through the great many testimonies I've heard uh, in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I am grateful for it. And I leave those thoughts uh, with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm just gonna say, be intentional about your desire to have the Holy Ghost as your constant companion. To me, like that's right here at the end. He says it very plain. You've got the opportunity for this. Remember, love the Savior, repent, and ask for his love. Like, be intentional about it. And I bear testimony just like Todd that this is true. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Love you, buddy. See you later. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes.